Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. Are you sending direct mail? Is your phone ringing off the hook with motivated seller calls? If it's not, it's probably because you're not marketing. One of my favorite ways to reach motivated sellers is by using direct mail. And the reason is, is I can target those who may have recently got a divorce or who have inherited a property from a death, um, and so on and so forth. I can also target high equity. I can target absentee owners. And it is a tried and true way to get your message out. And more importantly than that, to get your phone ringing. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail so you can see the exact mail provider that I use. I want to share them with you. They do letters and postcards. Letters as low as 59 cents and postcards as low as 39 cents. Mike and I send hundreds, if not thousands, of postcards and letters to motivated sellers in our market every single week. Reason is, is because it works, and we are going to continue to send direct mail because it works. So if you're not using a mail provider already, we want to share with you the company that we use and they will hook you guys up with special pricing. Mention David Dodge or Mike Slane when you contact them. Go to dpipodcast.com forward slash direct mail to get more information. All right, guys, welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. We're going to jump right in today, Mike. Let's they, do it. They know who we are at this point. They know who we are. I think it's episode 187. Awesome, man. You don't know that Mike and I host this podcast by now. Then you probably are a new listener. Welcome. <laughs> Jumping in. House hacking, man. House hacking. I love it. I think it's one of the easiest ways to get started investing in real estate. Well, house hacking. So what is house hacking, Dave? Let's just cover that right off the bat. If, no, if you've not heard of the term house hacking before, right? it's essentially uh, buying a house, and it could be even as simple as buying a single-family house and renting out some of the rooms in that house to cover your mortgage or to help you pay that mortgage. So it's as simple as that. Using real estate to live for or, uh, to live for free. Yep. Uh, we, I think, more often than not, at least in my brain, anyways, I think of it as buying a multifamily property, either a duplex, triplex, quad, and living in one unit and then renting out the others and having the other units pay for yours. Uh, pay for your part of the mortgage or your portion of it. So you get to, again, live in a house for free. I love it. So yeah, that has to be a single family. Right. That's what that's what house hacking is um, in the simplest, uh, simplest terms. So I know that, uh, Dave, I think you started uh, your real estate investing journey doing a house hack, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was single family. Lived in it. Um, rented out three rooms. 
basically broke even. I had to pay utilities. Yeah, you awesome. Know, but so what? I was paying that anyway. Everyone's paying that. Um, and did it two more times. I did it three times while I was in college. Awesome. But it was um, a four-bedroom, a three-bedroom, and a three-bedroom. Did you keep those properties? You said Still you did it three own, times? I own two of the three to, to this day. Um, but I live. I moved into them basically and then rented out the other rooms. And then when I moved out, I would just rent them out. Yeah, so you were a serial house hacker. I was. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, so you is, did it a different approach. Though. This has got to be ten years ago, right? Fifteen, dude. I was twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Most of those houses are like probably about forty percent of the debt left from when I originally bought them. Time to refinance, baby. <laughs> get some <laughs> of them out. Get some of that money. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Time is on my side with those for sure. That's cool, man. But you were absolutely cool. right, Mike. You don't have to have a single family to do this, you can do it with small multis. I think probably up to four. Four is, is where the FHA, I think, stops. So okay. if, it's, if it's five units or more, I don't think you can get an FHA loan. The reason we mentioned that, the FHA loan is a beautiful thing for new for first-time first time home buyers because you can put as little as, I think, three and a half? Three, yeah, two and a half, three and a half percent down. It's very little. Right, and a veteran can do it for zero. For pretty much nothing, yeah, yeah if you have a VA loan. VA, right. So what that means, again, is up to four units, and that's what I did. So my story is very similar to Dave. I started in 2009, so I graduated college before I bought my first piece of real estate. Don't know why I waited. Just did. Didn't have Most uh, people do. Most didn't people have the money. Until they're thirty years old to buy a piece of exactly. So what I did, I bought a four family in a decent little area here in St. Louis, and I lived in one of the units, and I was the on-site property manager for the other three units, and I learned a ton from that experience. So learned, let's talk about some of the advantages of doing this. Let's Mike. do it. I think this is really one of the the best ways to get into because little to no money if you're a first time buyer. So this is going to be you buying a home to live in, but also you can get some investor experience. I love this. So you you, you instantly become a landlord when you do this. Mm -hmm. If they're in the home with you in other bedrooms or if they're in a unit that's above you or next to you, you now are the landlord. So you are going to be dealing with these people and collecting rent and signing leases. So boom, you're getting into the investor games, paperwork and deals like can't be an investor if you don't make offers on properties and you know, you know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. you gotta get in, you gotta get in, in, in it. You gotta get invested. And you're gonna start managing the property. Again, it doesn't matter if it's bedrooms or if it's that second unit, third unit, fourth unit. Um, and hopefully you would be able to break even. Even if you don't though, let's say you live in some crazy place. Like there are places in the world where a building costs 600 grand, but it rents for 600 bucks a unit. And there's two or three of them. Like there really are. It's crazy. I don't know why it's like that, but there are. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense, yeah. right? Um, in, well, in, in England, for example, because they have rent controls. I was going to say rent controls. Yeah, and they won't let you do market rate above and, it, and people that have been there for a long time. But even if that's the case, though, right, and it can cover half or three quarters of your mortgage and not all of it, it's, it's still a better way than just going and buying a house and living in it by yourself, right? Yeah, I, I I agree 100. percent I mean, to me, why not? Again, if you are if you can make additional income, why wouldn't you? Right. Absolutely. So Period. I love it. I mean, there's the only disadvantage of it would be you're going to have strangers in your house, not strangers, but like you know tenants. Well, and in, that, it, in it if you're it's a house or in the building, but that's okay. That's and that's kind of depends on your age and how you do it too, though. If it's a single family house, right. and you're going to rent out rooms. 
I mean, if you're going to have a roommate, I mean, think about it just like that. I mean, if you have a roommate, that's not a big deal. No, not like at all. Like, if you're going to have a roommate, they're going to pay part in of the rent. Anyway, exactly. You might do that anyways. Right. So what's the big deal? If you were planning on living by yourself and you're going to rent it to a stranger, that's a little bit different. It's a little different. But if it's a so, unit, I mean, that's if it's a different unit, a duplex or a triplex, that's probably what's going to happen anyway. Exactly. You know? You're going to have somebody in there. It's not going to matter. But the cool thing is, is if you do have friends you want to live with, why live in an apartment with them? Live in that. Mm-hmm. Let them help you get your rent cheaper and or, you know, build equity and sometimes even cash flow. That would have been really fun to rent a, Did you cash flow? a multifamily to your friends and all live in the same Oh, it would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Be really like good a little time. four family. and Yeah, that would be great. It would be awesome. I'm going to do that. You should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, no, no, no. So uh, mine, I was pretty much break even when I was living there. But that's perfect, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, anywhere else, in any other situation, you'd be paying rent. You would have a mortgage to pay. Right. Yeah, so the fact that I could live there I mean, without... Living is expensive. Living it's most people's most expensive uh, item just, on their budget. Just It's just living. Living, getting through. Just just having a, a shelter is most people's biggest, biggest expense. expense. That's crazy, yeah, right? It's nuts, man. Mine's so, like Amazon, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, so if you can eliminate your biggest expense... Through house hacking, why not? It's a great way to get started. It's um, it's it can be humbling though too. Again, to rent a room to a stranger, I've done that before too. Yeah. So I also my next house I bought and rented a room. Yeah, subleasing. I mean, yeah. our 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 current property manager does that with tenants now. They may they may break up. They may get a divorce. I mean, shit happens, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And they just say, okay, well, you know, as long as you're responsible for the lease still, you want to get someone else on the lease, great. They're moving out. They're moving in. It happens. But that's just part of it. I think a lot of lessons are learned because it teaches you to also be flexible. You know, you got to wheel and deal in business. you got to you bend a little rule here and there. But that's okay. Um, it, you're in the game. There's so much analysis paralysis out there. And it sucks because we don't have it. Maybe we have the... A little bit too much of the opposite. We just jump in, We're like, oh, let's do we it. We definitely do not analyze as much as we used to. We We're bought like, a house today. You didn't. You didn't even see. I did. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We both saw it. It's cool. <laughs> our rule. Our rule is we got to get two got two eyes on it before yeah. we. Buy. No, you look the photos, and that's why I went there whoa, to take whoa, them. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, we do, but again, you get a, you get a certain comfort level, and that's something we've built up over five years working together and. Just our experience in the industry. I like the house. Yeah, we like the house. It's a really nice house. There you go. I'll keep it. For Solid. Myself. It's brick, yeah. man. But you got to get in the game. So okay. that's why I think it's really important. So let's let's circle back to house hacking and let's talk a little bit more about what you did, which is really cool. cool. So, say you start out and you can afford one house. So you buy. I couldn't. Couldn't afford, afford one house. house. I got a loan for twenty percent from my grandparents. Awesome. And they co-signed. Wow. So they're really awesome people. So you were 100% no longer with us at this time, but they were the best. I loved them to death. Yeah. They hooked it up, you know, like they didn't they didn't give me money. I paid them back. Paid them all that money That's back. Awesome. I did it 3 times. So that was 100% Actually finance, on the second though, really. and third one, I had other people co-sign and other loans, but I was getting giving them an interest rate. My grandparents did the first one and there was no interest rate, but I was basically in the game with hard money lenders back mm-hmm. then, you know, but didn't know what I was doing. That didn't matter, but I borrowed the twenty percent, so it was a lot of money. It was thirty thousand bucks for a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house, and I would pay him back over you know four, five, six. Why years. did you have to borrow the twenty percent? I guess you wouldn't qualify for the FHA loan oh, no. or something. Uh, you know what? I didn't. I don't even know why. I went conventional. 
Yeah. I just went conventional. Here's the thing. I didn't know. Yeah. You it just wanted to buy a it house. It wasn't analysis yeah. paralysis. It was just uh, negligence or whatever, like of not knowing those options. Oh, shit. You know, like just right. not knowing. So I just figured this is how people do it. I didn't know. You got to have 20%. I, yeah. I banked at the Bank of America. Still do. Um, and I walked for, for just day to day. There's ATMs everywhere. I walked into the bank that I was just going to at the time in college. And I go, I need a loan. And, and they said, here's what you need. The, the guy selling it was probably like, I could sell him an FHA and make 2% <laughs> or I could sell him a conventional. I mean, who knows, dude? Yeah, but whatever. That's, that's what happened, though. Yeah, did it three times, basically, while I was living there. And I had, you know, 100K of debt, but it was good debt that I was just paying these people back. And it, I paid them off in like five or six years. That was just the 20% part of mm-hmm. the houses. Mm-hmm. And then since then, I just haven't even touched, uh, touched them, really. I've been kind of, I've been making double payments on the because they're 30 year loans dude they're probably almost paid off then no not not double payments so th- that's the caveat when i say double payment in the payment 600 i'm not paying 12 the principal on that payment would be 200 so i'm paying 200 over the six ah, gotcha. i'm paying eight or nine or ten or whatever it is but essentially it's doing double principal so it's just speeding the curve up on the amortization table like i said i got about 40 percent debt usually yeah. usually i'd be at 55 to 60 percent after Over 15 12, years, 15 yeah. years, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just trying to speed it up a little bit. Um, but in in each of those cases, Mike, you were right. They were they were houses. Uh, they weren't different units, right? We all lived together and shared the kitchen sink and, and the, the bathrooms and everything. And, yep. Right, right. In the front door, the front door and the the garage. Mm-hmm. Who's parking here? Who's parking there? But we just made it work. We were all friends. I didn't have any strangers living with me because it was just uh, a single-family house. Yeah, and that's a know? huge different dynamic if you're going to rent to a stranger and basically sub-rent a room and then still share common spaces. I mean, that that is a, a big – it's just it's a much different dynamic. Uh, but, again, there's ways to do that. So if you want to do that, if you, if you don't have people that want to live with you or whatever, uh, you can rent a room on Craigslist. I did it. I rented a room to a stranger. Yeah. Not a big deal. So you can actually put an exterior door on bedrooms, mm-hmm. uh, or if it's a solid wood door, you wouldn't need to do that. And you can put locks on Let's it. Put a lock on. Put it. an locks, exterior lock. Twenty nine dollars. Then you've got your privacy and you've got your some your security, so that there's a common key for the front mm-hmm. and the common space. And then in your bedroom, you can lock away uh, any of your private items or things that you don't want people uh, to have access to. Speaking of that, mm-hmm. there's apartment complexes. I don't know if they're doing it still, but they were in Columbia. When the, when the enrollment like cut in half because right. of all the drama they had down there. Um, so apartments like weren't filling up. There was like 30% occupancy in some of these apartments, and they were doing that. They were offering discounts because they didn't want to give one person a three-bedroom apartment. So mm. they were giving people discounts and just saying, hey, there's going to be three individual rooms with individual locks. Everyone's going to share the kitchen and the family room. And instead of them paying $1,200, they would pay 550 and there'd be three of them in there. Mm. And they would get the same amount as if they had just leased it. It was interesting. Yeah. But what I'm going with, though, is, is it's the same thing. You can still offer Absolutely. privacy and have the common areas. And a lot of big buildings have common areas. They're just not the more intimate common areas. Like, you're going to have common laundry in a big building anyway, right? Exactly. So, and common entry and all that other type of stuff. So, I absolutely love it, though. Did you go FHA? I did. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when I bought mine, I was able to do the FHA loan. And again, because I was I was out of college, I had a job, so I was bankable by myself, which yep. was great. W two had a couple, yeah, had a year and a half or so of W two, and uh, had a great real estate agent. She helped me find find the deal and helped me through the whole process because I didn't know nothing either. 
I mean, I still don't know that much. <laughs> be totally hey, we feel yeah. fast and forward, though. We do. And so, so it was. It was very interesting. We had a problem tenant from day one that the when the, the previous owner said, yeah, they're delinquent. So I bought this property 3.5%. So they were delinquent when you bought it? Yeah, one of the four units was. Okay. Because it was four, it's a four-unit yep. building. Ballin, so they were right? delinquent. Huh? Isn't it Baldwin? It is. Okay. Yeah. So he was delinquent. So my first experience as a landlord was evicting someone. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Hey, like I said, though, you were in the game yeah. from day one. So it, it was just a very interesting experience. Uh, and he was, I don't really know, but I mean, uh, at the time I thought, well, this guy's crazy. He's like the worst possible tenant. I don't really know. I mean, with today's <laughs> with, with today's eyes after 10 years of dealing with people and yeah. tenants, I don't know. I'm happy. The other people in the building, the, tenants, the other people in the building, didn't like him. Uh, he caused problems. So again, it, he was definitely a problem tenant, and he was behind on rent. So we had to evict him. So that's what I did. I mean, that was one of my very first experiences. What did that process look like? I don't even remember. I just remember I mean, him not paying, and you got I got a lawyer. To, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. Usually, the lawyer to to, does everything. It pretty they much just tell you when to go. Pretty much. And, and the real back. estate agent, if I remember correctly, helped me with that process. That's cool too. too. Yeah, yeah. So we got one of the units vacant. And then as a rookie, I don't know what I'm doing. The other three started paying me rent. That was really cool. And I wanted to go in and fix up the apartment. You oh, know? cool. Did you? I did. And I way over improved. Oh, it. always do that. Way yeah. over improved <laughs> the apartment. My first rehab, $40 a foot in Ferguson. Yeah. That's what I spent. Perfect. Yeah. I still yeah. own it. Eh, it's okay. Yeah. No, but I've been there. It looks over great. Over the top. Yeah. Shit. So, so it's a two, they were tiny little apartments. They're two bedroom, one bath, uh, about 700 square foot. And, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to rehab it. You know, it was my, it's exciting. It's my you first time. You were home. watching the flip yeah. this shit on TV show. So I did. So we 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 ripped everything out, uh, put in new kitchen cabinets. I put in a dishwasher. None of the other units had dishwashers. Mm. So that was great. Opened up a wall. You know, I mean, it's, it's 700 square foot. <laughs> yeah, dusty. There's 700 square foot. There's, no, there's not many walls you can open up. Yeah. But again, just opened it up and made a little bar area. So, I mean, it was great. And uh, I really liked living there. Um. But yeah, so again, I learned a lot of lessons. Uh, don't overlook the property. Still own the yep, property, cool. uh, and that's one of those ones that's emotional. It'll be hard to sell because you're first. Yeah, but, I, know, uh, I know. You know, if there's a big fat check in front of me, maybe I'll I know. So it just depends on what's going on at this. No, and then time. Uh, what did I do next? And that was pretty much it. Then, uh, then my next property um, was when I moved, I, and I moved to another one and rented sub subleased a room. So I mean, that was I really only kind of. And, and my intent wasn't even to house hack again. It just ended up I did that. Yeah, you were in the Airbnb on. game before the Airbnb game was a was game. A thing, really, just like renting out a room. Just savvy. It was a house hacking thing. Yeah, yeah baby. Exactly. So, yeah. It's a great so, way to get started, too, guys, because if you don't want to house hack multiple times, you don't have to. By getting the first one, you're building really good credit with your banker, assuming it's a local banker. But anyway, you're going to get credit out of it. So your mortgage being paid every month is going to start getting green checks on your credit report, not red checks. And then whenever you go to get another loan in the future, as a personal loan or as an investment loan, the odds of you getting that loan is going to be higher. Wouldn't you agree, Mike? Like greater because you have shown you can do it. That's the experience. 100%. I was going to say it's the experience. So you now have the experience of being a landlord. So hopefully uh, you're smart and you start putting that money in a separate account. And you're able to show a payment history to bankers. So then when you go, when you're ready to go for the next property rental finance, you've got a track record. And that's huge for banks is the track mm -hmm. record. And if you want to quit your job, do that two years in a row and get financials on it. 
right? So now you have tax records to show there's profit and loss, and you can start getting loans on your business. Now, that's going to depend on the numbers on the sheets that you're providing, but filing the taxes on those businesses is a way to, to, to jumpstart quitting your job, in my opinion. I mean, it's, it's, it's related in a way. No, it's you very... just quit your job, boom, nothing, you're not going to be able to get a loan. Well, and that, and my advice would be, guys, keep the W-2 keep job the W-2. as long as you can handle it. I quit my W-2 job earlier than I should have, and I didn't learn that until five years later. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where that W-2 income is super, super important for getting loans and leveraging yourself in real estate. So house hacking. House hacking. I, I love it, though, man. It's such a great strategy. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Dave? I think that pretty much covers it. Keep it simple. You know, you're just renting out rooms. The goal will be to break even or even make a little bit of money and get into the investment world, guys. Start managing the, the places. Start managing the people. Learn the documents that are involved. It's just simple stuff. Um, and that's going to be a way to kind of kill the analysis paralysis of, oh, I want to be a real estate investor or landlord. Just jump in. Just do it. Love it. Signing off, guys. <laughs>